And that's why you should always get it in writing. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. From Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. And up here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. How was uh, San Diego? You know, um, we uh, typically we rent out a whole restaurant to meet with customers and have demos of our products and stuff like that. And this time, because of COVID, we rented out the patio of a restaurant. And it was supposed to be like 73, like San Diego perfect. Instead, it was like yep. 89. Ooh. And so we just sat on that patio and just wilted all weekend. Um, Fun. But it was good. Got good work done and um, ate some good food and was paid for by the company. So hard to complain. Now, one of the one of the things that I really enjoyed was that you uh, decided that you were going to live stream, live tweet, live <laughs> post your fancy schmancy corporate experience yes. on the Patreon Slack channel. Yes. And I believe you you had thought that you were going to see Tim McGraw. Is that correct? That is who I had said I was going to. Uh, no, no. Sorry. Toby Keith. No, initially it was Tim McGraw. I was all confused because it's not my genre. And then, and then it fair, was Toby Keith. It's not my genre. I thought it was Toby Keith. Were... And then I was like, no, 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 it's not Toby Keith. It's Tim McGraw. Neither of those were true. No. So who did you end up actually seeing? Keith Urban. Ah. Now, here's my problem with Keith Urban. It's not my genre. All right. So let's just say that right up front. I've yep. always had Keith Urban confused with Carl Urban, the okay. actor who was in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They're very much not the same. Completely person. not the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. The so, guy from Lord of the Rings is not married to Nicole Kidman. No, indeed. No. No. Uh, however, uh, the guy who is married to Nicole Kidman, Keith Urban, played at this mm-hmm. uh, at this uh, corporate party and was great. Was great. I mean, I didn't know a note of what it was. Sorry. He covered the Joker at one point, and it was his introducing the band song. He he, he dragged his bassist up to his mic to sing a, a verse of it. Um, that was the only song that he played that I knew, uh, but... I did not hate a single thing he did up there. He was a lot of fun, great performer, killer player uh, yes. on guitar. And um, yeah, it was a really good time. It was a really good time. My, I have, I have beef with Keith Urban. Let's talk about it. Let's go. So some of us. Is it about Nicole? Most of us. Not, ex- not entirely. Okay. Some of us have strengths and some of us have weaknesses Mm. and some of us start playing music to make up for those weaknesses as music can be our strength yeah the problem that i have with keith urban is that he's a good looking guy who is a great singer and a great songwriter and a like monstrous guitar player yeah yeah i'm not seeing a lot of weaknesses and it doesn't seem fair for the rest (laughs) of us when you got you got keith urban's walking around claiming up the nicole kidman's of the world right yeah that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I just think that it's not entirely fair. No, I'm with you. You know, I know. I'm with I know you. he he was like a coke head for a little bit, so I'm, I'm sure he's got some he's got some stuff. Everybody's got their thing. He's been through his thing. He was um, uh, in terms of always be performing. He was performing yeah. every single microsecond of the show. I mean, it was it, he he was so in command on that stage. It was it was amazing, and um, you know, it's corporate gig. This is but this is like. Yeah peak corporate gig he was playing oh, to yeah. a, ta- a room uh, a room no 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 no. <laughs> listen this company that 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 uh is a customer of mine shut down six city blocks in san diego to throw this party right he was playing to a, a, a city street of had to be ten thousand real estate professionals and um 
uh, with open bars and free restaurant food. Like every restaurant in the place had been bought out and there was like a small menu and a open bar uh, at every restaurant for six city blocks. It was incredible. That's pretty rad. Yeah, it was, it was, it was intense. And, um, yeah, there was not a moment he was not in total command of that, you know, six city blocks. It was really something. Yeah. His thing is that like, he, he's always got this look in his face that like, he's, he's like, he's about to show you something. <laughs> it's kind of like this little smirk that he's like, you yeah. ready for this? Here yeah. it comes. Yeah. Like he knows something that we don't know. Yeah. And he's, he's going to tell you, but not, not just yet. You know, um, and then later on the socials, there were pictures posted of him signing guitars that got given to our, like the big customers of that company. So he probably wow. signed 30 guitars that got given out to CEOs of big real estate organizations that work with that company. So yeah, it was, I'm sure that was all negotiated in his contract absolutely. and he was compensated quite handsomely. Under, he didn't buy those guitars. You can mean, no, it was just his signature. They passed through. Oh, no, no, him. no. But like I'm saying like he, they, char they, they paid extra to get Fully. him to sign the Absolutely. guitars that they Absolutely. paid for. Absolutely. In fact, the social presence, they had the pictures of him doing that might have been a line item on the contract. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good transition into uh, my upcoming weekend Let's is the it. getting it in writing part. Ooh, so here we go. Um, we were supposed to play um, at that hotel venue mm -hmm. that I have been a bit trepidatious about. In, in postings, we have been back and forth. It's like, I'm not sure how I feel about this place. Mm. So we had gone back and forth and had landed on a date. I had gotten all of our headcounts sorted and um, we were getting ready to announce the date at the place. And so I go onto their calendar and we're not on it. And not only are we not on it, another band is on the date that we agreed on. Hmm. So I'm like, well, that's not good. So I reach out to that person who was supposed to book us and he calls me back and he's like, oh yeah, no, I totally, I thought you ghosted me. And I was like, no, I replied back five weeks ago. And, you know, when we were going back and forth, this was during like that moment where like members only was like super, super busy. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't follow up after we said, we're good for this date. <laughs> And that was my slice of the blame pie. But in, if we are doing a pie graph of this, my slice of the pie is like the mouth on Pac-Man mm. and like his is Pac-Man. Uh-huh. If that makes any sense. Completely. I picture it totally. So this is like, I don't know, strike four for this place. The only thing that they have going for them is that it's less than a mile from my house. Everything else is kind of, uh, you know, pardon my French, it's just kind of a ball ache to play there. Yeah. And so, you know, he was apologetic, but like, it's just not, it's not, it's bad business. That's they're, all. They're a brand new outfit, right? Oh yeah. So presumably but he's the not, he is not a, he's not a spring chicken. He's not a brand new person. He's oh. a person that has been doing entertainment booking. Okay. Uh, for a long time he should know better so so what that yeah. means is he's he's a um one of these fundamentally disorganized humans it seems like it and yeah. he it's not like he didn't have a good excuse it was a it was a good excuse it was a personal family excuse but it's still bad business yeah no matter how you slice it yes fool me once shame on shame on me you fool me 
Just won't we get can't fooled get again. fooled again. Can't get fooled again. Can't. Yeah, especially if you cover the Who. Indeed. So yeah, it's um, it was disappointing slash a bit of a relief to have the weekend off. Yeah. Um, we yeah. don't have another thing going on until the we have a show the first of December that I am actually subbing myself out for. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it's it's a bit of a drive and it's we are we're going to be in New York that week and I just didn't want to risk something going awry and not being able to get back in time. So I went ahead and just took care of it. The client paid in full already. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm getting a little of, you know, compensation for all of the finagling and the logistics. And I just went ahead and uh, subbed it out to another group that is doing that. And then our next, next thing is we got some uh, private parties uh, for the Christmas holiday season uh, in the middle of the month. When you say subject out to another group, so it's not your it's not your band. You you found a whole other group. It to was play? supposed to be my band minus me, mm-hmm. and then our bass player couldn't do it. Uh, so the guy that I had sub for guitar, I was like, "Hey, could you get a bass player?" And he's like, "Yes." And so it was going to be him, th- his bass player, and our drummer. And then our drummer reached out and said, hey, I've got a thing. And so I went back to him and I was like, hey, think you get out of drummer? And he was like, yes. So. Um, so it's your brand. What, that's all that's left. Yes. It's literally my brand. And, and to be perfectly honest, this is in a this is a, a, a birthday party out in a town called Villa Rica, which sounds far away. And it, it, it sounds as far away as it actually is. Mm. So. Even if I did nothing but like facilitate the entertainment, I'm not trying to pick up Villa Rica work, right. if you feel me. Yeah. So if this other group goes up down there and they do a good job, I don't care if they use my band's name. I don't care if they use their name because I, yeah, it's, it's far away. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, we're just trying to get the, um, get, get the holiday music going on. And I've been talking with Dan about, doing a um a fun episode i think mm-hmm. we're gonna do a bracket this year which we've never done before right. but uh we did we've done underrated and overrated and i think we're gonna do a bracket for the worst christmas holiday songs of all time mm-hmm. this year and we're trying to see if we can uh do maybe like a crossover event or maybe a special guest um if not though i think you and i could have plenty of fun maybe we'll do it on the live stream just to make it interesting. You know, one thing that I've noticed, um, looking at my web app that I built that, um, aggregates billboard data across history, um, yep. increasingly over the last eight or 10 years, um, songs have been recurring and charting year after year after year. So I noticed mm-hmm. it at, um, at Halloween, there were some Halloween tunes, um, monster mash has charted yep. reliably year after year, um, for the last several years. That's kind of a new phenomenon in the history of the charts or the broader history. Um, there are a couple of tunes that have been that way in the holiday season as well. Um, yeah. Mariah Carey being the most. Uh, All I want for Christmas is you. Of those. Um, so we, maybe we can uh, pregame a little bit from from that and just sort of point out who's been uh, a, a ricochet biscuit on the chart. Um, be an interesting thing. Well, yeah. And the good stuff is good. It, it's just talking about good things isn't always interesting it's true it's more fun to talk about bad things. very true more clickbaity for sure indeed 
so yeah, that's something to uh, to look forward to. That should be we're trying to get that kind of logisticalized in the next week or so two. We're working on some special guests for that. We're trying to. Yeah. Um, got some got some feelers out, but uh, you know, if nothing else, it will be uh, a fun conversation for the two of us. Indeed. Maybe Amber will come down. She she's got she she can be. I'm sure she has. Uh, she can provide color commentary. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no playing. Uh, I almost, I did, <laughs> I met somebody uh, to try to sell that acoustic guitar. They picked it up for about 90 seconds. They're like, no thanks. Fair. So this guitar may, might be an albatross yeah. around my neck for yeah. the foreseeable future. Well, cheap though. It was cheap and maybe I'll pay to get it fixed. I mm. don't know. Who's to say? Other than that, it's just uh, work stuff and... Um, YouTube things and ticky talkies and just general life and indeed. So this week the main thrust or conversation I think we want to have is about equipment gear indeed. as such. Yeah. So uh, the I I started thinking about this because uh, this week's YouTube video is can you build an in ear monitor rig for less than a thousand dollars US. And, uh, I will, you know, I won't spoil it, but, uh, that video will be out tomorrow. You might be surprised at how affordable you could get, uh, a pretty workable setup. So now, um, I haven't watched you, you posted the video to the, the, um, Patreon Slack. I haven't, I watched the first minute of it, maybe probably not even that. So are you headed toward a wireless rig or a wired one? At this point, it's the, can you do this for this amount of money? Mm -hmm. So uh, this particular one is not with a wireless setup. Okay. I do talk about wireless setups. Yeah. Um, but the issue is, is that if you're trying to hit a price point, you are limited in options. Sure. And basically, if you wanted a wireless setup, you could do it for under that, you know, in that target area, but everybody has to share mix. That is which the is thing. Which is no bueno. That is the thing. Yeah. So my thought would be that it is a more valuable, you know, a more valuable proposition to have hardwired monitor sends that everybody can control individually. Mm -hmm. That feels like the win, even if it's just for like a rehearsal setup. But I've played shows with hardwired in-ears and it is it is doable. It's not ideal, yeah. but it is doable. I think certainly for drums and maybe for bass, it's the way to go. I don't, yeah. I don't see any reason not to for drums and maybe for bass. Um, I've never, I've never done a hardwired in-ear, but I, I have a hard time feeling like I enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely limits you. I would say if, uh, if you were like a, like a power trio, it's a lot easier because mm. you do, you're, you are kind of forced to stand yeah. behind that microphone. Stand put. So it does make that, make that job a little bit easier. Sure. You know, if, if you're used to running around, uh, it can be quite stifling, yeah. but it can be done yeah. and I've done it before. Yeah. And while it may not be ideal, it is possible and cheap is your point. Yes. And economical, not cheap, Thank economical, you. economical. Well done. It's a, we're trying to provide value, not just save money value at a reasonable price point. There you go. There you go. So you were having some, you know, we've been back and forth about, you know, your, your speaker situation and your mixer situation. Yes. Have you gotten any closer to finding out the, what, what is the, what is the solution to your predicament? 
So just to back up on my predicament, my predicament currently yeah. is that my Soundcraft UI 24R, which I've loved for more than two years, has stopped emitting signal <laughs> on the mains and the auxes, which is a real bummer. Um, I mean, that technically, technically means that it's not a mix. It's, it's not, it, well, it's not it's, a mixer anymore. It's mixing just fine. It's just not. But what is it? What? <laughs> But to what end? Yeah. No, uh, over the over the Wi-Fi, using the app, I can see signal coming in, and I can see what seems like signal going out, but no sound comes out of the speakers. Um, before I give up the ghost on this, there is one last thing to do, and that is a factory reset. So I'll be doing that this weekend. Um, the way that you do that with the Soundcraft is you put a you put a file on a USB stick called uh, factoryreset.txt or something like that. You plug yeah. that into the USB port and then you put a paperclip into a buttonhole while you boot the thing. To do that, you have to take it out of the rack. Where it is in the rack, you can't get to that buttonhole. So I got to unscrew it, pull it out of the rack. It's a whole thing. So I am going to do that because it's the last step before really getting severe help with it. Um, if that works, then super happy all good uh until it happens again and then we'll deal with that um yeah if that does not but i mean like i hear your tone it the, the thing has now made itself questionable in my mind yep um can i gig with it comfortably <laughs> not for three four gigs yeah uh we'll see i do still own the behringer xair XR18 that I upgraded yep. to this Soundcraft from. And mm -hmm. I liked it. It never gave me any trouble. It was an upgrade to go to this this new device, but uh but but I still have that thing and it's as far as I know still in perfect working order. So I am going to use that as my fallback. I'll shift over to that and put that back in my rack um if the factory reset on the Soundcraft doesn't do the job. Yeah. Um it has enough auxes that I can do the Wi-Fi's that I or the in ears that I need. Um, I will need to share a mix with Taylor, my co front of house person, um, uh, co front person. Um, yes, there you go. <laughs> sorry, yeah, she's not mixing anything. Neither am I. Um, but that's fine. We've done that before, and that's that's workable. Um, and then I can make separate wired mixes for my drummer and bassist. That'll be fine. Uh, so I do have a, a fallback plan if that doesn't work and I'll, uh, certainly report next week if that doesn't go. I've been shopping for all kinds of other rack mounted, small format, digital mixers, you know, iPad driven things. Yep. Um, the, yours, the, the, the Behringer, um, R32, tell me. X32 rack. X32 rack. Thank you. I have some problems with form factor. I don't love the way that the inputs are all on the back. That puts them really deep inside the rack case that I use. Mm -hmm. So I have to come up with some way to expose those inputs on some other rack. I, I, I don't know. It just, it, it would be hard to use something that's shaped like that. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. That's part of the reason why we opted with the splitter. Exactly. Totally. No, it puts your outputs where you somewhere you can reach them. Um, inputs rather, um, all the other, all the other devices I'm looking at are back ordered until China can make them and ship them here. 
So Correct. we're in a bad way as far as all that goes. So short answer is no, I don't have it all sorted out. I have a path that is at least two steps long. Um, that uh, the second step of which is a fallback that I think will work in the time being. Yeah. So uh, in the meantime, you know, the new band is learning songs and starting to practice them. I'm, I'm working off a, a, a Soundcraft um, notepad mixer that is maxed out with our inputs. I wouldn't want to gig with yeah. it, but it's fine for rehearsal. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's the path forward, I think. And it's just, it's a, it's, it's a real bummer when a piece of gear you have loved and have relied on does something strange. Mm-hmm. It's a sad thing. It is. So. Yeah. I mean, the trust thing is like everything. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you can't rely on your gear, it's, it's hard to use it. Yeah. And, uh, that's a, that's a tough situation and, um, definitely a tough proposition to kind of like figure out what you want to do besides that, because right. you like the thing. And the other things are fine, but they aren't the thing you like. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when I, in my pre-Helix days, I had a mm-hmm. great big pedal board that had a bunch of pedals on it and individual patch cables between them and power to them. And, man, so often I would set it up, plug into it, and nothing would come out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. And part of what got me into Helix and modeling world was you flip a switch, it goes, there's no question. You know, you don't have to yep. get, to, you know, middle of the show. It doesn't cut out. You have to tell the band to vamp. You get down on your knees and figure out your signal path, you know? Um, yep. There's a lot to be said for reliability, just base reliability. Well, maybe just also simplicity. Like sure. in your, in, in what you're speaking of, you're talking about failure points and mm-hmm. the, the more of them there are. Now, granted, if, your helix goes out. You are dead in the water. Boned. There is no, there is no fix. Ask not There's for no the bone bones. It bones yep. for thee. Indeed. So, you know, there, there's always that, but. But that's rare. It's, that's, that's rare. Yeah. I mean. Exceedingly so. Uh, you know, in the Facebook group, like a couple people have talked about that. Yeah. There are a couple of particular hardware failures that have happened around the helix environment. The helix LT's uh, expression pedal is known mm-hmm. to be somewhat janky. I sent one back that that failed yep. and had it replaced. But uh, Line 6 takes great care of people about that. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, the the HX stop has literally been sitting plugged in, like, right at my feet for the past, like, I don't know, three weeks straight. Yeah. And uh, it's great. Yeah. And I haven't had any problems with it. And knock on wood, I won't have any further. Yeah. But, you know, we, this is, you know, we're kind of ra- wrapping up our year. And, um one of the ways that we can offset uh, tax burdens mm-hmm. is to look uh, look for gear. And um, if you have the means to do that and, and you're looking to upgrade, now would be a good time to do it. Yep. Uh, there are some fairly good deals. Uh, last week, I did a video about some of the good Black Friday deals that are already out. Uh, I believe Sweetwater's early Black Friday sale ended today, which means they're... Almost Black Friday sale starts tomorrow. There'll be more. Yeah, there'll be more. And there were some really good deals. Uh, the funny thing was, the deal that I was the most excited about is probably like the least exciting deal out of them. The SM7B was discounted $40, yeah. which is kind of unheard of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there are a couple of other good deals. If you're in the plug in market, man, the, the world is your oyster. There are so many good 
audio plugin deals, but mm. I don't really need any. Yeah. Logic's kind of spoiled me. It's got all the stuff I need. And and with the the new uh the new logic update, I feel like the elastic audio flex pitch stuff is a lot better. Um so even my like Melodyne Jonesing has kind of dissipated. Cool. So yeah. Uh so yeah, let's talk about the things that you could consider investing in. Um, you know, as a band, we have really talked about the importance of owning a PA. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that is not something that you currently have, I would highly recommend you consider it. Just drastically expands your options. It it will open up lots and lots of doors for you. Yeah. Because you can you can make your own show. You can put you can create a show out of thin air. If they have suitable electricity, you can put on a show literally anywhere. Yep. And that is invaluable. You know, if I took the amount of business that we have gotten because we can provide PA and stack that against the cost of the equipment that we purchased, like it's not even close. No. Frankly, and, uh, and all of our steer has all of our gear has been paid off for for a while. Yeah. I don't know how a band that doesn't have their own PA can possibly work in the corporate or wedding market. Like the expectation is you're going to roll up with everything you need. Imagine, imagine somebody hiring you for a wedding and then you saying, great, now go find a, go find a sound company to like (laughs) that. That's just not the conversation you have. Now I I understand it's, if you're at a particular level that you, you know, may partner with a production company that may be able to provide a level of production that isn't feasible for a band to provide. Um, But, you know, at a particular, there's a sweet spot to that. So I would say North, if your band is, is looking to play North of a thousand dollars a show and probably South or right at $5,000 a show. Like that's going to be your window for the, you need your own PA and production. I would, I would put that top point higher. I I mean, that's probably true, but I think once you kind of cross that threshold, if you're in this, you know, seven to $10,000 area, you're probably looking at, you know, full staging and line arrays and that could be, you know, full light show. That could be, you're, you're, you would be traveling with a considerable amount of gear. That's kind of why guys like the pork tornadoes don't roll with that kind of thing they yeah, don't need to that's true they, so. they, they do hire that and you know but if you're going to play a local company's christmas party yep you're going to bring your own pa yep you're going to play a wedding you're going to play a birthday party you're going to play a backyard barbecue you're bringing your own pa you're bringing your own pa and in bringing your own pa is when you start kind of getting into the stuff that we we spend most of our time talking about which are things like you know amp modelers and in-ear mm-hmm. monitors and you know uh electronic drums and that kind of thing because it allows you to carry less things because you are carrying more things that's right. if that makes sense that's right so that's if right. you have any sort of margin between now monetarily between now and the end of the year uh try to find something that you can get that adds value to your band's show especially if you have music earnings you need to offset for tax reasons yep Now's the time to deal with that. So, you know, look at equipment, look at um, promotional materials, look at advertising things like signage, yep. look at, um, 
you know, if you haven't sprung for a website yet, consider doing that. Uh, building a website is feels unnecessary. It is absolutely necessary if you're trying to get into the private party market. Completely. And uh, Squarespace and uh, Bandzoogle and yep. all of those make it extraordinarily easy. And if it's not easy or it's not like your strong suit, there are people who can help you, mm -hmm. like us. Yep. I've built many a Squarespace site. My personal site is a Squarespace site. Our agency site is a Squarespace site. I've built quite a few. Dan Ray Music is on Bandzoogle. Uh, TheNewStrange.com is on Bandzoogle. So yep. I'm a big fan of Bandzoogle. If you have any questions about any of that stuff, reach out to us, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. I had a, uh, a, a group reach out, reach out this past week, and I did a uh, an online coaching session uh, with Level Up out of New Jersey nice. because they had just bought an X32 rack and had never used it before. And so uh, we spent an hour talking about kind of the workflow of getting everything set up, um, helped them out with some presets and they took it on their maiden voyage uh on on saturday and they said it turned out great sweet so and it was awesome it was a fun conversation and uh that is what we are here to do yep. we are here to help you guys Yep. so if m me and dan you know bouncing back and forth isn't <laughs> quite helpful enough hmm. and the podcast episode archive isn't quite helpful enough and the youtube content isn't quite helpful enough you can reach out to us directly and and ask your questions specifically to our faces, and we will tell you those answers back to your faces. What's that email address again? Coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Mm, Coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Or DM us on any of our social media channels. So yeah, in conclusion, try to find ways to spend money that will help you make money in 2022. Mm. That is the best advice that we can give you for this week, I would say. I would say. And, you know, as it's kind of a weird time because for some of you, the uh, your, your, your business is going to start slowing down a little bit, but spend that time kind of strategizing for how you can come out of the gate strong uh, at the beginning of the year and just be willing to ride the storm out um, until it warms up again. There's going to be some, some opportunities, um, but you may have to be uh, a bit more creative in uh, what those opportunities may be. And maybe we go back to some of the strategies and um, ways that we kind of did these things uh, when we were in lockdown. So maybe consider doing some live stream stuff, sure. consider doing some more online content, just as a way to kind of keep your keep your name out there. And, and you know, just Flex a different set of creative muscles totally. if, in fact, things are slowing down. For some of you, it may not be slowing down at all, and that would be great. I know but, around here, people people are still hesitant to book indoors, which yeah. I'm, I'm behind that. I get it. So sure. as the weather changes, it's going to be whatever. It's going to be weird here. So yeah, I just want to think creatively. Think, think. Um, um, you know, we just had 18, 20 months of being forced to think creatively. So let's not forget that. Yeah. It is kind of interesting because I feel like it's even in the uh, in the Slack channel, people are starting to like there feels like an overcorrection. So hmm. we were all locked up and felt absolutely crazy about staying put. And then the floodgates open and we just started scrambling to pick up whatever we could. Right. And now we're kind of in this weird situation where some of us are already burned out <laughs> on on being back yeah and you know talking about how do you get your head in the game totally uh performance wise and that kind of stuff so i mean it, it's it's weird and and it's also weird to feel 
guilty about feeling burnout. <laughs> so yeah, it's super, it's very complicated. It's complicated. But we will sort it out and we will do it together. Yeah. And if you, if you feel like commiseration, you know, share it, yeah. hit us up, uh, post something in the, uh, in the Facebook group. Yep. Or be one of the super, super cool people who have joined the Patreon Slack channel uh, and are just like, we are just crushing all kinds of secret tips and, you know, bonding and learning things and building communities. It's, it's great. It's pretty awesome. We probably owe those guys a name check at some point. Yes, for sure. I can actually, I, I can name check uh, a couple of people uh-huh. who have just joined us. Excellent. Big shout out to Sean and Rob and Michael and Matt and Kevin and JT and Joshua and Dennis and Dan and Adam and Adam and Adam. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, those are uh, most of the active dudes in uh, in the Slack channel. And as of earlier this evening, Matt Nielsen has also thrown his hat in the ring and uh, he will be joining us shortly. So big thanks to all you guys. You literally make the world go round and we couldn't do it without you. Very true. Big thanks. If that is all, I think it's all. I think so. I think we're good. Yeah. So guys, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, If you enjoy what you are hearing, uh, leave us a review or say something nice to somebody that you know. Or if you think that we are terrible, find somebody that you absolutely can't stand and tell them, uh, recommend them to us because Mm. their lives being more miserable will make you feel better. That's right. Screw those people. Yep. Absolutely. Anyway, we'll go ahead and call it for this week. Let's do it. From Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Coverman Confidential Podcast for the week of November 19th, 2021. Have a great week. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all the socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of the Clinky Lincolns, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. The wins, the losses, the behind the scenes, goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at Vam Band. That's V-A-M Band. 
do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VanBand.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit CoverBandConfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it for Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida. That was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! Thank you.